to Clarence Talking Dippin' Sauce. I'm your host, Johannes, the youth minister at St. Clarence, looking out at the beautiful Lorraine Road on this cloudy, almost spring day. We've been very blessed recently with the beautiful weather. We had yesterday, we had beautiful weather. It was in the 60s. Sunny. Amazing. I opened all the windows to air everything out. It was amazing. It was great. And today it's the uh, other part of spring. I said this. I said yesterday was like a spring preview. Today is another preview because it's it's warmer, but we had a misty rain. The type of rain that's kind of like a blanket. Like as soon as you step outside, it's not a downpour, but because of how much rain mist there is, you're just drenched. It's weird, but that's what we have today. So welcome to almost spring. It is exciting though. The temperatures are starting to get warmer at least uh, over here where we are. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great time. Except for the, the mass panic. And I'm going to rant about that in a little bit. This, this mass panic that we're experiencing. I'm going to get to that in a bit. But, but first, just to catch you up, I, uh, we had a confirmation night last night, and we had many, many good questions come in. I had the, I had the confirmandi put questions in a box. I'm not going to go over them here. I'm going to do something else with them. But that that inspired me to kind of open up this podcast with some of the questions that came in uh, at the retreat that we just had. And this is shame on me because we had a question box and we had a, a couple. It wasn't very, we didn't really do a good job of like explaining the question box or promoting the question box. We're like, hey, put questions in the question box. So only a couple people actually utilized it. But I felt, you know what, let's, I feel like I'm doing a disservice by not addressing some of these questions. So I think it's appropriate to, to go through them and at least provide some kind of insight. Because I'm no expert, I can only offer insight. And that's what we're going to do. So one of the questions that came in was... From anonymous, I'm going to keep these anonymous because that's the whole point of the question box. But so the question is here: How can people just stop and talk to God? I feel like I can't hear him. Maybe he just isn't speaking to me. I feel like I don't really fit into these groups because, like, I don't go to any of these churches. I'm not going to put my name on here because I just want to be heard, and I don't need a response. I just don't want to feel alone. That's a that's a that's a that's a tough one. Because there's a couple things here. How can people just stop and talk to God? I feel like I can't hear him. Maybe he just isn't speaking to me. Hard sometimes to understand how God communicates. And it's also very hard often to hear him because God is not going to force his way into your heart. You have to invite him in. 
And if you're living a, a life of prayer, as some many will say, living a life of prayer, that means you're keeping your heart open to him. And so he's able to enter in all the time if you're living a life of prayer. You know, pray unceasingly, as it were. If you're doing that, you're allowing God in all the time. But if you're not doing that, if you're not living a life of prayer, God, because he understands and respects and gave you your free will, he will not enter where you don't want him to. He's able to see it. He's able to understand what's happening in those places. It's not like you can shut out God. It's like, well, I'm not going to let God in here. Well, guess what? He still sees it. He still hears it. He still knows it. His interaction with you will be different than someone who's saying, hey, God, come into this situation because I'm experiencing this. That's a whole different level. What I mean by living a a prayer life, living a life of prayer, praying unceasingly, is to live a life where you are constantly opening your heart to him. And what that means is you... You pray often. You follow the commandments. You, you, you experience the sacraments. You're connected with the church, the body of Christ. And that allows, that relationship allows God to be present and God to interact with you. But more importantly, it allows you to be aware of God. Is it perfect? No. Congratulations. We're all human. Even if you're living a life of prayer, it's sometimes very often, sometimes and very often, or very often, hard to hear God. But the key is the openness here. How can people just stop and talk to God? I feel like I can't hear him. Maybe he just isn't speaking to me. God is always seeking to speak to us. God is always seeking relationship with us. Always. Point blank. Period. Always trying to interact with us. It's our openness to him that needs work. If you feel like you can't hear God, and I've definitely, definitely been there, it's an opportunity to to check yourself. Am I praying? Am I living a life of prayer? Am I following the commandments? Am I engaged with the church? Because they go on here, I feel like I don't really fit into these groups because I, like, don't go to any of these churches. Now, I don't know if that means that they're not going to church at all or just not going to the parishes that were part of this retreat. But either way, they don't feel like they're connected. And that's what needs addressed here. This person is, is not connected. I mean, if, if, if they're not going to church at all, that's a big thing that needs fixed. God is speaking to you. And I'm not going to fall into the trap of saying, well, God only speaks to you at church. It's not true. But by being connected to the church, you're living this life of openness to God where God can come into your life and where you can hear him better because you are going to the source. When you go to church and participate in the Mass and receive the Eucharist, you're receiving God. And that better enables you, when you, when you receive God's grace, it better enables you to hear him. So when you don't hear God, it's an opportunity to check yourself. Like, where am I needing improvement? Because silence, God's supposed silence doesn't mean God's not there. It's an opportunity to check what we're doing with our own lives. 
And then they go on, I'm not going to put my name on here because I just want to be heard. I don't need a response. I just don't want to feel alone. Well, Anonymous, you're not alone. Even the greatest saints have had times where they didn't hear God. There are great people today that have trouble hearing God. You're not alone here. So my suggestion to you is to start with looking up what the Mass means. Looking up what the different parts of the Mass mean. The introductory rites, the liturgy of the Word, liturgy of the Eucharist, all of that. Start there. And then even better, go to Mass. Go to Mass, go to Mass, go to Mass. So look up the, the, the different parts of the Mass. Attempt to understand them. Reach out. Contact a youth minister in your area. Um, reach out to somebody. And, you know, maybe that's where you're at right now. Is, you know, you can't hear him. Maybe because he's trying to lead you somewhere. That would be my response to this. But this is an ongoing thing. People, the greatest saints, people today, uh, hearing God is often difficult because of, uh, one, you know, maybe we're not plugged in, or two, the stuff around us is distracting. God doesn't always smack us in the face. Sometimes I wish he would just, like, shake me, but he whispers because of free will. He allows us to live because you can't be coerced to love. And so that's why God is often whispering. And so that's where it's an opportunity to check yourself. How can I hear this whisper? That was a 10-minute rant on that question. I hope I answered it. I hope I gave it some justice because it, it is very, very important to be able to hear God and to communicate. Next uh, question is, what are ways we can encounter Jesus? I won't spend as much time on this because I answered a lot of, part, a lot of this in my last answer. The ways we can encounter Jesus, Mass, is the number one way because you're receiving Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist at the Mass. That's the number one way. Other ways prayer, other ways, being a service to others, living for the other. You know, there's the gospel that says, whatever you do, the least of these you do unto me. When you're, you know, when you're interacting with your brothers and sisters at school or work or wherever, you have to keep in mind that you're interacting with a child of God. And so, that is also a way you can encounter Christ. Mass, sacraments, prayer, daily interaction with others. All those are ways to encounter Christ. And so a good thing to do, I recommend you look up the examine. It's a good way to kind of check yourself on, on especially during Lent and the time of penance, to ch- kind of check yourself and see where you're falling short. And invite Christ to enter in in that area. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what would happen because I know I've done that. 
and it's been very fruitful. So the next question was, does God love the devil because he created him? Short answer, yes. Explanation, here we go. God loves all of his creation. When he was done creating, he said it was good. God created Satan, absolutely. Satan is one of the angels. Is God, see, here's the difference. Here's a, there's a difference between love and tolerance. God loves his creation. God loves Satan. God does not tolerate what Satan does. A better word than tolerate would be approve. Let's go back and say approve. God does not approve of what Satan does. So much so that he sent his son to die on a cross and rise and defeat death, defeating Satan once and for all. So just because God does not approve of what Satan does doesn't mean he doesn't love him. God loves perfectly. Christ even says, God himself has said, love your enemies. And because God loves perfectly, that includes Satan. Satan being God's chief enemy. So, the short answer to your question, does God love the devil because he created him? Yes. Does that mean God approves of what the devil does? No. The God created all things to be in unity with him in heaven. And so because of that, God loves Satan. But because of Satan's battle against him, God out of his love had to, God the Father out of his love had to send the Son to die and rise and defeat death. God's love triumphs, and it is perfect, because God is perfect. So these are these are three really, really tough questions, especially the first one. I know I rambled for like ten minutes on the first question because that is a tough question to ask. A tough question to ask. Well, yeah, but a tough question to answer. How can people just stop and talk with God? I feel I can't hear him. That that's a tough one. And so I hope that ten minutes or whatever it was gave it some justice. I really do hope and I, I pray for you and I pray that you connect with God and that you continue to open yourself and let God in. We covered the question box. It only took me a couple of weeks, but we got there. <laughs> but now on to my rant. Now on to my rant. This coronavirus, you probably are sick and tired of hearing it or maybe you want to hear more. Either way, it's, it's a lot. I think it, it really shows us how far we've come in terms of communication and, and media and because of how fast information travels. It's it, this, this, and the way the media responds to it, it's really fascinating, but also scary. Because there's so much 
panic right now. There is so much panic. The, the, so the coronavirus is spread through the air similar to other diseases like the flu, for example. So when the virus flies through the air, lands on a surface or on a person, and it gets inside of the person by touching your face or ingesting it somehow, you'll become infected with the coronavirus that causes the disease that we call or that scientists have called COVID-19. Coronavirus disease 19, 2019. So, the I'm trying to find a fact sheet on this. This is how prepared I am for these podcasts. But a lot of these are just drawn out articles. I just want a straight up fact sheet. Like, just give me a fact sheet that just lists stuff. Like, that's all I want. Because there's debate out there about the morality and or morality, mortality rate compared to the flu and, and, and things like that. And I think the... So I'm, I'm, I'm on the cdc.gov website right now, and I'm looking at this fact sheet, and it says, you know, how, how is the disease spread? So I want to give you the facts. I want to give you the facts. I don't want to just speculate even though there's a lot of speculation happening. It's, you know, this is straight off the CDC.gov website. So this is very credible. The virus that causes COVID-19 probably emerged from an animal source, but is now spreading from person to person. The virus is thought to spread mainly between people who are in close contact with one another within six feet through respiratory droplets produced when an infected person coughs or sneezes. It may also be possible that a person can get COVID-19 by touching a surface or object that has the virus on it and then touching their mouth, nose, possibly their eyes. But this is not thought to be the main way the virus spreads. So what are the symptoms? Fever, cough, shortness of breath. So you can get pneumonia. Organ failure in the worst cases. How do you protect yourself? Washing your hands, don't touch sick people, don't touch your face. It's simple stuff. This is, this is why I'm kind of driven crazy by this whole panic. It's like, oh my gosh, coronavirus. If you just do what you normally do, what you normally should do, wash your hands, clean surfaces, things like that, don't touch your face after, you know, it's like it's, it's the, the basics of not getting a disease, Yet we're treating it like this coronavirus penetrates all these ways of, of being sanitary. It's just not true. It's just not true. Is the coronavirus, COVID-19, highly contagious? Yes. I'm not one of those deniers that say, all is well, blah, blah, blah. But this mass hysteria, cleaning out store shelves. I was at Walmart the other day, and all the disinfectant shelves Empty people are like I need to buy all the Lysol. It's apparently there's a toilet paper shortage. It's insane. We are freaking out like it's the apocalypse. We've been through so many diseases: SARS, H1N1, bird flu, swine flu. I mean, come on. This this mass hysteria, canceling classes, 
I mean, this is, this is getting crazy. Now, some might say, Johannes, you are way underselling the dangers of coronavirus. They didn't, they, this, this massive movement of just isolation and quarantine, I don't remember that happening during the other diseases. Then we had Ebola. Let's not forget about Ebola. I just think that what feeds this panic, I think the media is feeding this panic, to be quite honest with you. I think this media is, 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 is feeding this, this, this reaction because, one, we need to remember that journalism and the media are like, they're separate not by much, but they're separate things. Journalism is reporting of newsworthy things. The media takes this journalism and puts it out in a way that will gain the most viewers because the media is to make, the media's goal is to make money. We need to understand this. The newspapers, you know, the cable networks, they're all in it to make money. It's a business. And so, of course, they're going to report things in a way that attracts viewership and causes a response because that's how they get ratings. If some guy was just on the news reading a fact sheet and said, okay, have a nice day, no one would watch that. All right, cool. I got to wash my hands. So whatever. And that's precisely why I think the media is helping drum up this panic. Because they need they need viewers. They need ratings. At the core of what the media does, sure, journalism. Report newsworthy events. Got it. But because of this 24-hour crazy news cycle, we have to fill every hour or every minute of every second of every day that's how this this a, a new story goes from just being okay to like Wah! that's where you have to be careful that's why i think it's important to do your own research yeah watch the news take it in but do your own research okay yeah they said this so let's look into that what is that you know if i'm looking at the cdc okay wash my hands cool I'm going to look at the Ohio Department of Health because we have a thing here in Ohio. The funny thing is, is haha, <laughs> the link to the Ohio fact sheet doesn't work. That's hilarious. But I think they announced a new website for it. I'm just going to Google Coronavirus Ohio and see what happens. Because I think they created a website for it. There were three cases confirmed in Cuyahoga County. You know, coronavirus.ohio.gov. Here we go. There are 15 people under investigation. There, that means that their results are pending. There are three per people that have confirmed. And then there are 14 people that have tested negative, but will follow up. And there are 255 people that are uh, individuals under health supervision. 
So that's the situation in Ohio. And again, it's the basics. Wash your hands. Don't touch sick people. Disinfect various different surfaces and you'll be fine. More likely than not. Is it a guarantee? No, I'm not saying that you're not going to get it even with all those precautions. Because, I mean, that's why the -the over-the-counter cough and cold medication industry is worth probably billions of dollars, millions of dollars at least. (laughs) Because they know people are going to get sick. Is it scary because we don't know it? Yes, I'm not saying it's not scary because it's a disease, a virus we don't know too much about, and there's no vaccine for it, there's no cure for it right now. But I can guarantee you that scientists are working around the clock to combat this. And if it's anything like the diseases that, that, the, that we've heard about in the recent years, this will be subdued. I think in the next couple months... We'll see, uh, we'll hit a plateau. I'm not saying it's going to disappear. I'm not going to say it's miraculously going to not be there anymore. But I think in the next couple of months, we're going to see it start to level off. And then in the next year and a half, from when vaccines start coming in, it'll, it'll be handled. Is it going to go away? I mean, it's a virus, it's going to exist. But it's going to be treatable. It already is treatable. I think the last time I read the mortality rate of getting this COVID-19 is less, it's right around 3%. 3%. You have a three, you have a, that's, let's see, that's the thing, that's the media. You have a 3% chance of dying. Okay, how about you have a 97% chance of living of surviving this. You have a 97% chance, 97% chance of living through it. You're going to be sick. You're going to be miserable. According to the scientists, symptoms can range from mild to severe. So you may not even know you have the coronavirus. You may think you have a cold or allergies or the flu. They're not exactly the same, by the way. Yes, they are different. But some of the symptoms overlap. So depending on how severe your symptoms are, you might not even know you have it. And that that goes with any disease. So I think we need to calm down, be safe, practice good hygiene, like with anything else, listen to the science community talk about this disease, and continue on with our day. This, this whole, you know, let's shut all this, shut everything down, shut it down. I don't know. Sometimes I think that's an overreaction. And sometimes I think, you know what? Maybe we could all use two weeks off. I know we talk about it from time to time. Like, man, if the time would just stop, that would be great. So if we are going to shut everything down, for two weeks, to shut the world down, economy crashes, whatever. We shut it all down for two weeks. So what? Maybe we need it. Maybe we need to take two weeks to, to check ourselves. This is Lent after all, right? Maybe we need two weeks to, to see how we're doing. To, to, you know, do, do I talk to my family? 
How am I doing? Am I taking care of myself? I think in this two weeks, if you, if you do the self-quarantine thing, we shut it all down, I think people would realize, wow, we do a lot. So that, that's my rant on that. We answered some questions. And I ranted about the coronavirus. That's this edition of Clarence Talk and Dippin' Sauce. And I'm really excited because I figured out how to record with, with two people now on this setup that I have going. So we're going to have Craigie J on here at some point soon. And I'm very excited for that because Craigie J is awesome. Tonight we have Mini Super Tuesday. So it, it's... But again, this is Lent. It's a time to check yourself. Ask God to come in and help you help you check yourself and and grow. And you know, maybe this time of, of shutdown because of this virus is a good time to, to assess what things are important. Because I can guarantee a lot of things we do every day don't really matter. I would put money on it. So, remember to always love God and love neighbor. Peace.